Good morning. Shana Tova. Today's daf is daf Tess. I'm going to go from the last line of Ches Amud Beis 8b. Um, just to catch us up, over the last few daf, or last bit, we've been discussing Kisui Hadam. Um, that's covering the blood. If someone checks a bird or a Chaya, a non-domesticated animal, that would be a deer, a buffalo, a kosher animal, that's not a cow, sheep, or lamb. Um, you have to do kisui hadam. And the Gomorrah was discussing, and um, based on the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, If you shecht, or it seemed to be, if you want to shecht a Chaya or off on Yom Tov, you can use a spade to cover it. You're not allowed to shecht unless you have sand prepared from the day before. Kisayadam is you shecht it over sand and you cover it with sand. Um, so that's what the Gomorrah has been discussing, this, how to understand that, that clause in the Mishnah. Um, it's quite cryptic when you look at it carefully. Um, they've also been understanding when would it be allowed, what's considered muchan. Remember, earth is... Besides for the Isurim of digging out, um, digging up sand, which could be a problem of um, um, Harisha plowing, digging a hole in a garden could be Harisha plowing. Um, if it's in another area like a Chotzer, it could be Binyan building, because you dig a, to dig a foundation, etc. Um, if it's, it could be considered Toichen, grounding up the sand. And not only that, earth is Mukta. So how you get um, get around those, that's what we've been discussing. So now we continue with just another point in that discussion. It says, Omar Rabba Rabba says, If someone shechted a bird on Erev Yom Tov, you are not allowed to cover it on Yom Tov. Why? So as we've kind of seen that there are leniencies and there are certain times when you can cover it. But in this case, you don't do Kisui. Because one of the leniencies, um, well, firstly, if you did the shchit on Erev Yom Tov, you should have covered it, done the Kisui Atam on Erev Yom Tov. So now that you're waiting till on Yom Tov and you want to do Kisui Atam, um, we don't allow you to do it. And you don't have, one of the leniencies was based on the concept of Simchas Yom Tov. They can't say you can't shecht and have your fresh chicken on Yom Tov because you can't do Kisui Hadam. Because on the flip side, we have a mitzvah to enjoy Yom Tov. You need, your, you need to have your freshly shechted chicken. So, so, but here you don't have the excuse for Simchas Yom Tov. Very interestingly, why? So obviously when you're going to shecht, you have to be able to do the kisui. But if you've already done the shechita, like this case, you already did the shechita on Yom Tov, and you could do the kisui, you just didn't do it, you're still allowed to eat the animal or the bird. So that's an important point to remember. If you the shchit, the kisui doesn't make the shchita kosher or not kosher. It's just when you're coming to do a shchita, um, at least according to Basil Alimeris Ras, you should really only be doing it when you can do kisui, when you can cover the blood. But again, if you did shchita and you didn't cover the blood, the animal's still kosher. So there's no detraction from um, Simchas Yom Tov. He continues with another halacha, and this halacha has got to do a separate in chalas. He says, Galgal Isama Erev, let's read it in the Gemara and then we'll discuss it. It says, Galgal Isama Erev Yom Tov, Mafaresh Mimenu Chalasab Yom Tov. If you needed, you made dough on Erev Yom Tov, you're allowed to separate the chala on Yom Tov. Avur de Shmuel Omar Afilu Gilgal Isama Erev Yom Tov. Even if you made the dough on 
Erev Yom Tov, Ein Mafrish Mimenu Chalasa, but Yom Tov, you're not allowed to separate the Chala from it on Yom Tov. So let's just go and analyze all these cases. So firstly, we know you're allowed to make fresh bread, you're allowed to sift, you're allowed to knead dough, Siftin, you probably even sift, but you can knead dough and make the bread on Yom Tov, because remember, we mentioned right at the beginning of the Masechta, in the introduction, generally things that are more delicious, preferable if you do them on the day, you're allowed to do them on Yom Tov. If it's as delicious if you made it on Erev Yom Tov or on Yom Tov, okay, then it's more of a gray area, but you should probably do it before Yom Tov. Just to what the example that jumps to, well, the example we're discussing here is bread. Bread made on Yom Tov, can you imagine bread freshly baked on Yom Tov morning for your Yom Tov lunch would be more delicious than bread baked the day before. Especially in those days they didn't have as much preservatives and things that kept their food tasting fresher. But even we know the challah on Friday night is a little bit more delicious than the challah during the Shabbos day because it's that much fresher. So that's the that's really are allowed to make dough. We know that if you make dough, it's a certain quantity. But if you make dough, you have to separate challah. It's kind challah is similar to separating truma from grain. You separate some of the dough and you give it to the kohen. Now, interesting enough, we know that there's a gezera that you're not allowed to separate truma or masras on Shabbos or Yom Tov because it looks like metakein. It's kind of like you weren't allowed to eat it. And now that you separate it, you are allowed to eat it. So you fixed the produce. That's one way of looking at it. So that would be why you are not allowed to, um, you would not be allowed to separate challah. However, we know in making dough on Yom Tov, you are allowed to. Now we've got a question. What happens if you made the dough on Erev Yom Tov? And you didn't separate challah. So you still have to separate challah. But there you could have separated the challah from Erev Yom Tov. So Rab, um, Rabba comes along and says you can separate it on Yom Tov. Basically, oh yeah, Rabba comes along and he, he says that regarding separating challah from dough, Chazal never made the Gezerah. Because once you're allowed to make the dough, knead the dough and make the dough on Shabbos, on Yom Tov, and obviously separate challah, they basically said there's no issue, there's no problem with separating challah on Yom Tov, and that's why you would be allowed to, even if you made the dough on Erev Yom Tov, and now you need to separate the challah, you'd still be allowed to. Whereas, Avod Shmuel, the father of Shmuel, says, you are not allowed to. And uh, yeah, I'll just read the Rashi, it says it's the second thin line in Rashi, Ein mafrish in heimenu, delohi tiru lahafrish challah, ela be'isosh in iskalgal be'yomtov. Chazal only allowed you to separate challah on dough that was made on yomtov. Avalzu hoyo lo lahafrish me'erev yomtov, kachumas dogon uperos, but you should have separated this dough that you made on erev yomtov, you should have separated the challah on erev yomtov, kachumas dogon uperos, like regular truma of grain and produce. Okay. Now the Gomorrah wants to suggest It seems like Shmuel is arguing on his father. So let's see what Shmuel says to Omar Shmuel. If you have bread in Chutz and you 
didn't separate it when you were making the dough, you can eat it and leave a little bit of the bread as your challah. Yeah, as we know, ideally you should separate challah while it's still dough. But if you don't get to do that, you can separate it once it's a loaf of bread. Now, firstly, this is unlike chalas, the challah of Eretz Yisrael, which has to be separated before you can eat it. So let's say you baked a loaf of bread and you remember that you didn't separate challah. What would you have to do? Cut off a piece of the bread, cut a slice of bread as the challah before you can eat it. But in Chutz Oretz, we can go lenient because it's only Drabonin and you can eat the bread even though you haven't separated challah. Obviously, with the fact that you are going to um, leave some of it as challah. Now, the reason not to be matrish challah, as we said, is matakein. But according to Shmuel, there's no concept of metakein by chalein chutz Because again, what does metakein? Why is, what, again, what's the problem with separating trumas and mashras and what we would have thought is the problem with separating chala? Is that it's metakein. You take food that you couldn't eat and you fix it that now you are able to eat it. So here, according to Shmuel, you don't have to fix it because you can eat it before you take the challah, which seems to go against his father because his father said, if you made dough on Erev Yom Tov, you can't separate the challah on Yom Tov, must hold because it's metaken. So Shmuel doesn't seem to be concerned about metaken, whereas his father did seem to be concerned about it. So Omar Rava, Rava says, no, Milo moide Shmuel she'im kara alea shem she'asre Rava says, does Shmuel not agree that if you did designate it as Chala, it would be Osir to a Zar and non-Kohen? He does agree to that. Therefore, even with making dough, there is Metaken. Because if you would separate the, if you would say that part of the bread is Chala, or you want to call it Chala, and then it becomes Chala before you eat it, so there is Metaken, and therefore he, he would, he could agree with his father that if it was made on Erev Yom Tov, it would still be a problem to separate challah because that is metaken. Even though theoretically a way around it would be to eat it and leave over the last slice of challah as your truma. Okay, let's go on to the new Mishnah. say you are not allowed to move a ladder from one dove coat to the next, but you can tilt it from one window to the next, and Basilel say you can move a ladder, at least on the surface, sounds like Basilel say you can move a ladder, a ladder from one dovecote to the next. Now, what's so just the design of dovecotes? I don't know exactly because it says Matehu Linet, so somehow you could just tilt this ladder to go to different windows, but basically they would have these Shovach dovecotes and they had little chambers, each one accessible by a window, a little opening for different doves to go into. So that's how they were featured. Now, a ladder, what's the problem with moving a ladder? A ladder is mukta because it's for building. Or it seems actually stronger than that. People are going to look at you moving this ladder and think, what are you doing with the ladder? You're going to, you're going to paint your house. You're going to plaster your roof. And therefore, you're not allowed to move a ladder on Yom Tov. What about this dovecote ladder? So that's why Beishamai say you can't. We have that concern and Beishelel are not concerned. Beishamai do agree. If the ladder's already by the dovecote, then you can tilt it to a different window. Because I guess there it's very apparent that you're just doing it by the dovecote. What are you doing at the dovecote? Well, you want to get a dove to shecht it to eat on Yom Tov.
Okay, Omar Rafchanan bar Ami, Rafchanan bar Ami said, Machloikas Brishus Harabim. This whole discussion is in the public domain. The Baishamai Sovri Haroi Omelatiah Kago Utsorich, where Baishamai say, You're not allowed to move the ladder. You're not allowed to take the ladder to the dovecote because people will say, Why are you carrying a ladder to plaster your roof? Well, say, No, it is clearly, in this scenario, it's clear that he's carrying it for the Shovach. Some say, um, I think the explanation is, um, so let me just check. Yeah, it's a special, basically according to um, what, what uh, Rav Hanan Bar Ami is saying is this is a special dovecote ladder. I don't know, it is clearly recognized, it wasn't the standard ladder that you would use in your house or what the Gomorrah refers to as a Sulam Shalaliyah, an attic ladder. It wasn't a standard ladder that if you were building, you would take to get onto the roof. It's a special ladder for a dovecote. In my mind, what I'm just imagining, not, you know, kind of like you get those ladders that are clearly from a bunk bed. So if someone's carrying that, they clearly, it's not like they're carrying it to build with. It's a ladder of a bunk bed. So like you can tell, so maybe these ladders were designed in a certain way that you could tell very clearly that it was from a dovecote. Therefore, again, so what's Rav Hanan saying? Rav Hanan Barami, he's saying the whole problem is in a, in a Rishus Hayochid, everyone would agree it's fine because no one can see you. It's only in a public domain that you have the concern. But Shammai say we're worried about Maris Ayn, that people will say you're taking that ladder to go build with. And basically he'll say we're not concerned because it's clearly a ladder for a dovecote. Now, Ini, is this true? Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, any place where Chazal said you're not allowed to do something because of Maris Ayin, because it looks like you're going to do something wrong, even in your most private room, it is Osur. So what's very very amazing? What's Rab saying? Um, uh, sorry. So Rav, Rav Yehuda says in the name of Rav, we'll call it Rav's opinion, is that if something is also because of Maris Ayn, for example, like Rav Hanan wanted to say, what's the reason you can't carry the dove, there's this ladder because it looks like you're going to build, then it's also even if you're doing it in private. There shouldn't be such a distinction between... Um, Whether it's in public or in private, Beis Shammai should say would say it's Osir in both, and Beis Hillel would say it's not, and it's Mutar in both. Um, very interestingly, Rashi points out how Rav Hanin bar Rav bar Ami, Rav Hanin bar Ami is an Amora, a sage from the town of Gemara. Rav is also an Amora. Generally, we say that an Amora cannot can argue on an Amora. Here he's saying, how can Rav Hanan Bar Ami explain the Mishnah like that when, he's, when Rav argues on that principle? He, isn't he allowed to argue with Rav? So listen to what Rashi says, quite amazing. He says, the kasha de Rav ad Rav Hanan, Rav is a question on Rav Hanan. The afal the Rav Amoira, who, and even though Rav is just an Amoira, he's not a Tan, he's not a sage of the Mishnah, says, Machi we can Ask from him on Rav Hanan, Bimnei Sheh Rabon Shel Kobne Agala Hoya, Bedoira. 
Rav was the leader of the whole generation. He was the basically the, the chief rabbi of the exile. Except for Shmuel. I, Rav was the God of Ador, except for his colleague who we see him often argue with Shmuel. But what are we saying? That yeah, other Amorayim, other scholars are not allowed to argue with Rav. Only Shmuel. And therefore you can bring Rav as a question. It's interesting because we have this, I mean, we hear it nowadays. Everyone likes to say, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Achron, so why can't I argue with that Achron? Or, you know, they're different, but obviously they're different levels. There's uh, Rabbi Akiva Ega. You can't just argue with Rabbi Akiva Ega. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein as a poison. You can't just argue with Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. Another regular community rabbi, maybe another community rabbi can argue with. And a Dayan, we can even discuss that, you can probably argue with. But these, there's certain Rabbonim who are just in a league of their own that you can't necessarily just argue with. And that's what Rashi is telling us. Rav had that status. He was in a league of his own. And by the fact that Rav... So, so what's the question? Rav Hanin Bar Ami said that Beis Shammai who say you can't move the ladder are talking about in public. Because people will see you moving the ladder and say you're going to do it in private. And going to build with it. But in private you can move the ladder. But we know Rav says anything that is forbidden for because of Maris Ayn, because it looks like you're going to do something wrong. Um, you can't even do in private. Now why are you not allowed to do it in private? So there are a few reasons given. One is that you never know when someone's going to see you. Now you might think I'm doing something in my own garden, but someone might be looking over the wall. You never know. So that's one reason. Another reason is that in that if you th- if you're doing it in private you're very likely to just come and do it in public i if i'm moving a ladder around my so just want to close my door if i'm moving a ladder around my house then i'm obvious then uh, then i'm very likely to come and move it around the garden and then i'm very likely to maybe move it by my front wall so that's why that would be another reason. Um, and another reason is just Chazal came along and when they say something is also because of Maris Ayn, you're not allowed to do it because it looks like you're going to do something wrong, then they set it as a blanket rule, you are not allowed to do it. So again, so we have this kasha on Rav Hanan, who said that the Machloikes is specifically in public, but Beis Shammai would hold in private, it's permitted. So it's Tanahi, so he answers actually it's a Machloikes Tanahi. And Tanya, as we learned in a Bryce, Shotkin, now, there's a problem. What happens if you're walking and, it's, and your clothes get all wet? Trip and fall in a puddle. Now, you want to hang up your clothes, but it looks like you just washed them. So, so we learned in the Braishashot, you can hang them up in the sun, but obviously not where people are. So you can hang them up in your back garden, or in your um, but not in the front garden or something like that. Rabbi Lezav, Rabbi Shimon, Oyster, and Rabbi Lezav, Rabbi Shimon say it's Osir. So we see that the first opinion holds that something that is Osir because of Maris Ayn, it looks like you're doing something wrong, it looks like you're hanging up the clothes, that would be... Um, that would be... Um, um, that would be uh, Mutar, whereas Reb Loza and Reb Shimon are like Rav, who say that, no, it's Osur. Even if you're hanging up your clothes in private, it would be Osur. Just once we on that halacha, um, 
a side point is that just regarding hanging up clothes, this would be obviously if you hang them up in a way that it looks like you did washing. So again, your clothes got very wet for whatever reason, and you hang them up on the line. That's a problem. But if let's say your shirt gets wet, so you put it over a hanger and hang it in, the, in, a, in a bedroom, it doesn't look like you did washing. So therefore, it would be fine. And specifically to hang it up in a way that looks like you did washing, that this would be a problem. Um, again, the Tanakama holds no, since as long as you hang it up in your back garden where people aren't likely to see it, it's fine. Whereas, and that's what Rabin, that's what Rab Khanan Bar Ami would explain the Mishnah, that yeah, as long as people won't see you moving the ladder or not likely to see you, it's fine. Whereas Rabbi Lozma Rabbi Shimon would say it's still Osur based on Rab's principle. Any time something is Osur because of Mari's Ayn, you're not even allowed to do it in public. Now, Ikata Omri Sam had a slightly different version. Omri Rab Khanan Bar Ami, Matloi Kesper Shus Hayochit Debeis Shammai Islay De Rav Yehuda Omar Rav Ubeis Hilal Eislu De Rav Yehuda Omar Rav some have the slightly different version that Rav Khanin Bar Ami said the Machloikes is in a private domain because Bei Shammai follow Rav Yehuda Omar Rav. I, they say that there is Maris, you have to be concerned about Maris Ayn even in private. And we still don't hold for that and therefore they say you can move it. Aval Bishus Harabim call Osur, but in the Rishus Harabim it would be Osur. Now we're going to frame Rav to Omak Bei Shammai. You're telling me that Rav holds like Bei Shammai. This it, it sounds like we're asking on Rav how can he fit like Bei Shammai, but the question is actually on Rav Chanan. How can Rav Chanan Bar Ami learn the case that seem that makes it that Rav fits with Bei Shammai? Again, why is Rav? Because Rav said, what are we saying? In public, everyone holds it's also. In private, Bei Shammai say it is also, which fits in with Rav's principle. That something that is also because of Myris Ayn is also to everyone, but it does not fit in with Beis Hillel who say in public you can, but in private you can't. Now, how can Rav Hanan come along and explain the Mishnah in a way that Rav is going like Beis Shammai? Remember, the halacha is always like Beis Hillel. So Rav would be in line with Beis Hillel. So there must be the wrong explanation of the Mishnah. So the Gemara answers, no, Lema Rav to Omer, sorry, Tanai, he, the Tanya Shoitin, Bechama, Avaloike Negeram, Rebbe Laza, Rebbe Shimon Oisrin. Rav Khanan saying, no, actually, there's two ways to learn the Mishnah. How I learn the Mishnah, it would seem that Rav is like Beishamai, but Rav is actually like Rebbe Laza, Rebbe Yeleza, Rebbe Shimon. That, you're not allowed to do it in public and you're not allowed to do it in private, and therefore he'll have to explain Beishamai and the the Beishilal also like that. That when Beisilal says mutar, it's not because you're allowed to do something that is maris ayn in public, but it's mutar for a different reason. And we know that reason is because it's a ladder that is clearly for a dovecote. But a ladder that is more likely to be for building, Rav would hold its also both in public and in private. He says, but me... I, Rav Khanin, I don't, I'm not, uh, don't ascribe. I follow the Tanakam in this case. That if it's done in private, it's mutarin. What's, it's only also to do something that looks like you're doing something wrong in public, but in private you would be allowed to do it. And therefore, I can explain the Mishnah as, when Beis Hillel say it's mutar, that's in private, but in public they would agree that it's also. Okay, so that's that part, that explanation, that discussion of the Mishnah. Just one interesting point. So what about these little stepladders that we have around our house? Would you be allowed to move them on Yom Tov or not? So, so I mean, the Mishnah Brewer brings various poskim. But I would kind of say, and he seems to, he seems to say, ideally you should go strict, if I remember correctly. I know he brings it as a machlokes. What about the ladders you find around your house? Um, 
But uh, and I, I th- if I remember correctly, it comes out. Therefore, you should try go strict unless there's a great need. But I was thinking, you know, you get those like three, three, uh, three step step ladders. You know, those little ones that you use in the kitchen or in a bedroom to reach up in the cupboards or something like that. I, in my mind, I can't see why that would be a problem. If someone was going to paint or build, they wouldn't take one of those ladders. They would take a proper ladder. Then you, where would the doubt be? No, one that's, uh, I don't know, a bit high, one of those small ladders that are shoulder height. Yeah, it's very likely that when a person takes that, he's taking it to build, but he also uses it around the house for his regular uses, for his regular needs. So would that be for building or not? Again, that's, what, that's how I would uh, um, make a distinction, as I'm not paskining, but I think it, it makes a lot of sense in my mind that those little stools are not considered ladders that would be a problem to move them on Yom Tov. Okay, but you can look into that. Um, let's go over the page to the next case. So he says, My niece in top of Tesamud Bay is my niece in Deloki Haitana de Tanya. Mishnah is not in line with the following Brysa. I'm sorry, let me, um, just to introduce this next Mishnah, we're basically going to have a different version of the discussion in our Mishnah. So, which doesn't fit with our Mishnah. It says, agree you can move a ladder from one dovecote to the next. The question is, can you put the ladder back? I Once you've taken the ladder to the shovach, can you take it back to the storeroom? say you're not allowed to move it, and Basilal say you are allowed to move it. Now, Altan of the Mishnah seem to hold that you could could take a ladder to the Shovach. This Bryce is saying that you and this Bryce um Sorry, Al Mishnah taught that the argument is, can you take a ladder from the storeroom to the dovecote? That was the Machloket, this price is taking for granted, obviously you can take a ladder to the dovecote. The question is, can you take it back to the storeroom after you've got your doves that you want to shech for Yom Tov? Now, why would, you, why would it be obvious to this tanner that you're allowed to take your ladder to the dovecote? Because it's necessary for Yom Tov. You need lunch. You need to go get catch catch the doves to shecht. Okay, says Omar Rabbi Yehuda, carrying on. Bamed varim amurim. When is this besulam shel shavach with a ladder that is designated that is specific for a dovecote? Aval besulam shel aliyah, but a regular attic ladder, i.e., the normal ladder you would use to reach a roof. Divra kol osur. Everyone would hold its osur. Rabbi Doiser Omer Mateu Michalon Lachalon. Rabbi Doiser says no, you can move it from window to window. Remember, I explained the different chambers in the dovecote. And Achirim Omer Mishum Rabbi Doiser Achirim give a different explanation and say after Madadin also you can also walk the ladder. I you know you move the ladder little by little by kind of making it walk along. That would he says even that is mutar. Okay, we'll discuss Rabbi Doiser a bit later. Um, but just to analyze, to understand this price, so the Gomorrah brings a case. Bnei Rebichia nofot lekiriyoso. Bnei Rebichia went out to the villagers. And Rashi explains they were went to where the villagers small in the field so that they could check on their fields. Ki when they returned, Amalu avun, Did anything interesting happen while you were away, while you were out in the field? So Amalu loy, Sulam Yeah, the case of a ladder came before us and we permitted it. What was the case? Rashi explains the case was 
can an aliyah ladder be taken to a shavach? I, while they were out in the field, someone came and asked them, can I take, I've got a ladder in my storeroom, a regular ladder, not a shavach ladder. Can I take it to my shavach on Yom Tov? So, what did Rabbi Chia tell them? You better go back and tell them that actually what you permitted is really Asur. They said, by the fact that Rabbi Yehuda says, with a ladder, Rabbi Yehuda came along and he said, when is the discussion in the Mishnah? With a ladder of a dovecote. But, therefore they thought, when the Tanakama, who did say it's a machlokes, um, the Tanakama holds that it is an argument. I, sorry, in, yeah, in other words, the Tanakama came along and said that you can move a ladder to a Shovach, any ladder. And Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that it's only the ladder of a dovecote. But the law here, that's not Pshat. Rabbi Yehuda, time of the Tanakama, Komafrish. That Rabbi Yehuda is actually explaining the Tanakama. He says, And how do I know that? I, when the Tanakama came along and said you can move a ladder to a dovecote, we thought that the Bnei Rabbi Chia thought that meant any ladder. And Rabbi Yehuda came along and said, no, only a sulam. What Rabbi Chia is saying is, no, Rabbi Yehuda is explaining the Tanakama. This that the Tanakama said you can take a ladder is only the sort of ladder that is... Um, that's only the sort of ladder um, that's specific to a dovecote. And how do I know this? Mimai. Where do I get this from? You can move the ladder from one shovach to the next. Now, if you thought that they were discussing a regular ladder, instead of saying moving a ladder from one dovecote to the next, Asura has phrased it as taking a ladder to a dovecote. Right, so he says it's by the fact that it uses the term of moving this ladder from one dovecote to the next, implies that it's a ladder for a dovecote. Otherwise we would have just said, take the ladder to the dovecote. So, it must be, this is what it's saying. And this is now the explanation of the price according to Rabbi Chia. You're allowed to move a ladder for that's specific for a shovach, but if it's a ladder from an attic, a regular ladder, you would not be allowed to use it. And the sons of Rebbe Chia, how did they understand the price? Remember, they thought that you could. So he says, no. It doesn't say you can move a ladder of a dovecote. It says, you can move it around from dovecote to dovecote. What it's saying is, you can go from dovecote to dovecote. Again, so Rebbe Chia understood the price as saying, you can move the ladder... When it says you can move the ladder from one dovecote to the next, what it's telling us is you can move a dovecote ladder. And that's why it doesn't use the word, how do I know it's not an attic ladder? Because then it would have used take a ladder to the dovecote. And it doesn't use that phrase. Whereas the sons of Rebbe Chia say no. If it was saying a dovecote ladder, 
wouldn't have used the phrase move the ladder from dovecote to dovecote. It would have used the phrase you can move a dovecote ladder. So and what does it mean move the ladder from dovecote to dovecote? They say you can do as much as you want. You can move it along. Says Ikad Omri. There was a slightly a different version. Omru loy, Rebichia told his sons. Sorry, the sons told Rebichia. He to Sulam Shalalia Boliadainu Vitar 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 Nuhu. The again the same the story they were out in the field and they returned home and the dad said uh, anything interesting happened while you were away and they said yeah someone came and asked us about tilting the ladder from. One um, tilting a sulam shalalia, a regular attic ladder, and on yomtiv from one davkot to the next, and we permitted it. So Omar lohem Rebbe said to his son, "Suvu mashitartem." You better go back and tell them actually what we permitted is really forbidden. Inu sovar, they thought They thought what the Tanakama said was forbidden. Rebbe Doisa came and said it is mutar. I, the Tanakama came along and said, you're not allowed to move a ladder, an attic ladder. You can move a dovecote ladder. And Rebbe Doisa, you can tilt it from one window to the next, from one chamber in the dovecote. So if you have an attic ladder at the dovecote, you can tilt it from window to window, but not that you can bring it from your house. That's how they understood it. What the Tanakama permitted, Rebbe Doisa said is Osur. I, the Tanakama forbids a Sulam Shalalia, but he permits the Tanakama, the first opinion, permits, you know, the first opinion is actually Rebbe Yehuda, permits using a Sulam Shel Shavach and then removing a Sulam Shel Shavach. The Tanakama holds, you can go to your, your storeroom, get the Sulam Shel Shavach and take it to the Davkot. And Rebbe Doisa comes along and says, no, you're not allowed to carry it from the storeroom to the Davkot, but if it's already there, you can tilt it from one window to the next. So that's how they explain it. Okay, so this would be a different way of understanding the Mishnah. Now we move on to, oh sorry, a different way, of, that would be understanding the Brisa. So again, um, it seems, at least according to Rabbi Chia, um, well, yeah, going back a step, our Mishnah holds, the Machloikas is, can you take a ladder to the storeroom? From sorry, can you take a ladder? You're not allowed to take a ladder from a storeroom to the. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, our mission is discussing: Can you take a ladder from the storeroom to the davkot? By Shama says Osur, and by Silo says Mutar. This pricer comes along and says no. The question, obviously, for Yomtev, you need to get uh, food to eat on Yomtev. You can take the ladder from the storeroom to the dovecote. Again, obviously, we're speaking about a regular ladder. However, you would, um, the question is, the Machlokes Beishamim is once you've taken it to the dovecote, are you allowed to carry it back home? Okay. Um, and then we brought in the sons of Rebbe Chia, which helped us clarify this Mishnah, um, according to Rebbe Chia. Yeah. 
According to Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Hud is explaining the Tanakhama that it's, again, this whole discussion is specifically with a ladder that is a Shuvach ladder, a ladder of a dovecote. Um, but everyone would agree it's also to move a regular ladder, a Sulam Shalaliyah. And the second, the second version of the event with Rabbi Chia and his sons, um, Rabbi Chia comes to teach us that the Tanakhama says, you are allowed to move a dovecote ladder. And Rabbi Doisa comes to be a little bit stricter and say that you can't move it. You can't carry it from the storeroom to the dovecote or from one dovecote to the next. Again, I guess because Maris Ayn, people might think that you're carrying it to go fix something or to build. and But you are allowed to tilt it from one window of the dovecote to another. Okay, let's move on to the next phrase of our Mishnah. It says, We see regarding Simchas Yom Tov, Beishamai are strict and they do not go lenient for Simchas Yom Tov. And Beishil go lenient. We're going to have a few cases. We're going to try work out um, is Beishamai or Beishilal more lenient because of Simchas Yom Tov. Again, it's always the calculation. As I said, it's very easy on Yom Tov. Someone comes and asks you a question. Or, Am I allowed to do this on Yom Tov? Very easy to say, you know what? Rather don't. I'm not sure, rather don't. But you actually run into trouble saying that. Because there's another mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov. Simchas Yom Tov tells me that you also have to allow people to do things so that they can enjoy Yom Tov. If the whole time you're telling them they can't do anything, they're not going to be able to have fresh food, they're not going to have nicely heated up food, there are all these things that are permitted on Yom Tov that are not. But now, what about, in how far do we, I guess you always have to ask, how far do we take this? Going permitted, allowing something for Yom Tov. So just in regards to our Mishnah, again, we're suggesting that the reason behind this discussion is Simchas Yom Tov, as we're actually going to see, at least in the first one, but as we'll, we'll analyze them each as we go through each of them, at least in the first one, that the discussion is not really about Simchas Yom Tov, it's about another discussion. But at first we're assuming that it's this, the discussion is... Um, for Simchas Yom Tov. Beishamai say you can't move a ladder from one dovecote to the next, whereas Beishilal say you can. We see that Beishamai are strict and do not allow you to move the dovecote for Simchas Yom Tov, whereas Beishilal hold you can. So he says, um, why? Veriminu, but they raised the contradiction. It says, If someone is shechting, a wild and uh, you can just take the spade and use it for and the earth. If there was a spade in the earth, you can use it for kisiyatamah. And basically, saying no, you can't check it unless you have offer muchan unless you have prepared ash. What do we see? By shamai or more lenient, they say for simchas yomtov you can do this kisiyatam. And Beisilal come along and say, no, you're not allowed to do the Shrita. Sorry, Beishama say you can do the Shrita and the Kisui Adam. And Beishama say you're not allowed to do the Shrita because you can't do the Kisui Adam. So what do we see? So in our Mishnah, Beisilal were more lenient and pushed aside a halacha for Simchas Yom Tov. Whereas Beishama said you can't. Whereas in the other Mishnah, Beishama were lenient and said, oh, for Simchas Yom Tov you can do it. And Beisilal came along and said, no, you can't. So... Yeah, the assumption is that both of these cases, there's an Isudra Bonon. And the question is, can you transgress it for Simchas Yom Tov? That's the, 
That's the assumption. Again, that there's this Isu Drabonin with both um, doing Kisri Hadam and with moving this ladder. And the question is, again, for Simchas Yom Tov, can you move it? So Omer Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Muchlefet Hashita. Rabbi Yochanan says, you have to switch the opinions around. Either Beishamai say you can move the ladder, and Beishilel say you can't move the ladder. Again, I'm going according to Rashi. Beishilel are strict and say you can't push aside an Isu Durabonon for Simchas Yom Tov. Therefore, they don't allow you to, if you don't have sand to do Kisu Adam, you're not allowed to shech the animal and do a Isra to do the Kisu Adam. And similarly, you're not allowed to move a ladder for Kisu Adam. Whereas Beisham, I say, for Simchas Yom Tov, you can push aside the Isra Drabonon. That's the assumption. That's the, sorry, that's the correction of Rabbi Yochan. He says, Mimai. Who says that's what they're arguing about? Who says they're arguing regarding pushing aside Simchas Yom Tov? And we're going to show that in each case, the Machloikes is actually, is there an Isut Rabbonin in the first place? Maybe Beishamai were only lenient there where there's the Dok or Nod, i.e. that there is no Isut Rabbonin. And that's why they hold you allowed to do it. Beishamai hold, once the spade is in the ground already, there's no Isut Rabbonin. And therefore you can shech the bird and do Kisri Adam with that earth by the way the spade is in the ground. But similar to where there's no spade in the ground, they would not allow it. Like the case of the ladder, there's an Isud Rabbonin, and therefore we're not going to allow it. And so to with Beis Hillel, you can say, Here there's no Isud Rabbonin to move the ladder, because it's clear that it's for the dovecote. Aval Hasam law, but by the case of the Shritta, he holds that there is still an Isudra Bonan. Is there Beis Hillel are concerned that you'll come to ground up the earth, Fana, and that's Toichain. If you have if you dig out the spade and you pick up the earth, granted since the spade was already in the ground, that's mutar, it might be like a good clods, and when you crush that, that's Toichain. So Beis Hillel says you're not allowed to do that in case you come to, so that's Isudra Bonan. Um so what are we saying in other words? We're saying that um, we thought that the Machlokes was does uh, does uh, the mitzvah Simchas Yom Tov push aside the Drabonin? And we wanted to say that Beishamah say yes it does and Beishil will say no it doesn't. Comes along the Gemara and says that's not the discussion. The discussion is nothing to do with pushing aside Simchas Yom Tov. Both would agree you can't push aside uh, Isu Drabonin for Simchas Yom Tov. The question is purely, is there an Isra Drabonin in this case? And that's how we explain the divergence of opinions. Now let's quickly do the next one. Um, so it says, Elo Ikasho Oh, you want to tell me there's a discussion of how far we go for Simchas Yom Tov? The following would be the question. Now this is based on the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah discusses these doves that you want to take from the dove code, aren't they Mukta? So, the answer is obviously they're not mukta because you set them aside. The machlokes there is, do you have to move them on Erev Yom Tov, like pick them up and put them down sort of thing, to say they are prepared for Yom Tov and not mukta, Or can you just say, I want to use those birds? How far do you have to go? So he says, Eli'i kasha'o kasha'o. Ba'i shama'o imrim lo yitel, Eloim kainaneya. 
you're only allowed to take the birds from the dovecote. Again, somehow you got the ladder there. As we learned in the discussion, whether you're allowed to get the ladder there. But you got the ladder there. And now you want to take the birds? Are you allowed to? Yeah, if you moved them the day before. You can just say it. We see that regarding strict. They say no. Just because you want to use birds, you have to go further to designate them. You actually have to move them. Whereas basically, they'll go very lenient and say no. You can just say that you want to use them on Yom Tov. On the Arab Yom Tov, you can just say that you want to use those birds on Yom Tov. This very minu, but there's a contradiction. Again, as we saw, if you shecht, if you want to shecht a chayah or an off, and you're going to need to do kiss your dam, but shamah lenient and say, ah, for simchas yom tov, as long as the spades in the ground, you can do it. And but you still say, no, you can't shecht unless you have proper earth ready, proper sand ready. So we see. So again, in the next Mishnah, we see that by are not as lenient for simchas yom tov. Whereas in the earlier Mishnah, they were very lenient for Simchas Yom Tov. And basically, the other way around. So, Amr Biyochan, Biyochan says, no, switch the opinions around. That Beishamai are the ones who are very lenient and say that for Simchas Yom Tov, oh, you can just designate them um, verbally. So, the Quran says, no, it's maybe Beishamai only lenient where the spade is already in the ground. But where there is no spade in the ground, it will not be okay. And our case of designating the doves is similar. Aye, so we do not waive the Isu Durabonon for Simchas Yom Tov. Inami, ad kan Also, from Beisilel's perspective, hacha. Here, by the designating the birds, the preparing the birds, Beisilel hacha el. So, loy ka'omri Beisilel hacha el akivain de muktsahu. The only concern is that it's mutza. So if you just say, if you just say, uh, look, I want to use those birds on Yom Tov, they're not mutza anymore. Uh, the question is not, um, not a le- how lenient can we go to um, allow Simchas Yom Tov. The question is how... Um, What's sufficient to take it out of the category of mutza? About hasam law, but then by the digging in the ground, you can't get around the isudra bonen. So, so therefore, again, the machlokes is not—it's not tying beishama and beisil are not congruent in the discussion of how far, how lenient are we in the face of simchas yamtiv. The discussion here is either kundi beishama is there a isudra bonen or kundi beisil. Um, what's necessary to make something not muktze anymore versus is there an isidra bonum but they don't they're not they're not discussing the same principle the missions are not discussing the same concept so we'll continue tomorrow again with this same uh, discussion of trying to find is beishama or beishilal more lenient regarding simchas yomtov how far can you go how uh, how how many what can you push aside to say oh for simchas yomtov you can push aside these, uh, what can you push aside? Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.